Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we have a special guest joining us from Ontario, Bruce Hornitz. Bruce has had an interesting career working in security for several years and also being a tree feller. On top of that, he's also an author with his book, Logheads, being published in October. So welcome, Bruce, to the RV. Thank you very much. Of course, it's my pleasure. It's cold in Canada, Bruce. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we can get really cold up here. Uh, the Arctic fronts sag down through Canada into the States, and uh, the prairies can get minus uh, 20 to minus 40. Uh, Ontario, uh, we get a lot of snow if it decides to cut loose uh, minus 5 to minus uh, 20. So, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce, can you share with us what you enjoy doing when the temperatures drop and it's freezing outside? I took up knitting. Uh, my mother taught all three of us boys uh, knitting way back when. Uh, I got away from it in my career, uh, tree falling on that, uh, and I went back to it about 12 years ago. So I uh, I knit for the hospital, uh, the seniors group, and the local church that I belong to uh, needs some knitting stuff. My son, we live in his house. He has a fair-sized property, so gardens, uh, property management for cleaning up leaves and uh, whatever he wants to adjust uh, the site. Uh, it was quite a mess when we moved in two years ago. He had put in a pool and a hot tub, and the garage facility was enlarged, so there was quite a lot of construction and I cleaned up a lot of that in a couple of years. So uh, there's chores, chores all over the place, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Also, Bruce, as a tree faller yep. during the war in the woods. So can you tell us about your experiences in the West Coast forestry industry? Yeah, I went over out of school in 1967. Uh, because my brother worked there and uh, said that there was available work. So I went over and spent uh, three years on the grade crew building roads, two years in the office uh, being a warehouseman. And in 1972, I had an opportunity to train as a faller uh, under the day rate pay system rather than uh, piecework, uh, where they were paid for each uh, uh thousand board feet day rate was a little bit safer uh so i broke in in 72 uh now logging has a bad name for itself as far as rape and pillage and destruction and uh you know butcher the woods up well the world needs wood products lumber 
and there's a lot of other products from uh, wood. So we have to do it in a safe manner, and it's hillsides uh, or flatland. So you, you have to do it in a safe manner. But you leave a mess. They were wrecking fish creeks. They were smashing wood up. Uh, it's tough to train a guy to uh, do a proper way of laying the trees on the the hillside and cutting them into logs. If he wants to smash them all down the hill and uh, get you know do it in a fast manner, get her done. That's a bad attitude to have. But uh, a lot of guys had that. But it's mostly fish creeks, uh, devastation, uh, nasty words. In 84, 1984, we tried to go on to a place called Mears Island in front of Tofino. Now, the, the people there in the First Nations didn't want logging to occur there, so there was objection, and the company did not do that. By 92, the campaign against logging, I'll have to call it anti-logging protests and uh, uh, media hype stories, foreign uh, interests in what Canadians were doing, uh, it, you know, they, they made us like we were a bunch of devastation butchers and, and that. So in 92, there was a protest uh, from some people at one of our logging uh, bridge sites. And then in 93, they organized a very large campaign of Save the Clackwat, Clackwat Sound, which was the region we were working in. And there was four months uh, of protests from July to October, and then somewhat on beyond that, uh, 800 people were arrested. And it was considered as the war in the woods, there was no violence that we know of on our side. And depending on whether you want to call blockades violence or uh, one of the fellas threatened to stick spikes in the trees, which would uh, make them, you know, you didn't want to hit a spike with our saws or, or the milling saws. So it depends on what uh, you want to call violence. The whole question of Blackwood Sound wound up in the political arena with the people that were concerned about the forests. Uh, I call them hoggers. Uh, First Nations element, they, they wanted to make sure that the, they had some control over forest usage. Uh, so that was the war. By 95, 6, 7, the regulations were attached to logging processes that were very restrictive, very expensive. The company finally said no, and they would shut her down and terminate all of the workers there. There was about 100 with McMillan Brodale and 50 with the other small logging companies in the same area. So we all lost our jobs. Uh, it turned over to small contractors and uh, smaller amounts of cutting. Uh, after that. So that was the, the war in the bush. I did not handle losing my job at age 50 very well. So that's when I went security guard work for a bit and uh, declared retiring in uh, 2012, I guess. And Bruce, what I understand is is that your memoir looked at yeah. lawyer heads, promises yeah. to 
uncover aspects of the war in the woods that were never told. Yeah, uh, you know, we all lost our jobs over a period of time. So people dispersed. Uh, there was training programs brought in. The government, the politicians said, well, we have to do this and that uh, to control uh, logging practices and uh, save the bush and save the forest, save the birds and the animals. Uh, there was a whole bunch of different aspects that uh, didn't really pay attention to the loggers. Now, one of the questions I answered on your questionnaire had to do with, uh, what about us? You know, we're the ones that were going to lose our jobs. And uh, I didn't handle it very well. Security for a bit. And my wife became a United Church minister for 12 years. And we both retired here. What inspired you to write this book now? I wrote the initial uh, commentaries back in 95, 96. One I called the uh, nightmare. And the other one I called the apocalypse. I sat on it for 30 years but I still wrote stories, and my editor friend of mine said, how about we put this together as a logging faller story and integrate the Clackwatt deal? Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to make sure that our story came out somehow, uh, rather than leave it sit with, you guys disappeared. Well, And is this book non-fiction or... It's a mix of fiction and non-fiction. I tried to stay as true as possible to the actual memories and stories, so I will call it a non-fiction memoir. And to be able to write this book, did you have the chance to interview more people who were in the same situation than you? There were records during on day-to-day -day, uh, through the Clackpot reports uh, uh, what was what was happening? As far as the stories of tree falling, it's it's all from me. If um, I'm curious, uh, Bruce, if you are going to keep writing more books, yeah, uh, you know, there's so many stories that uh, didn't get into the book. Uh, you know, I still might try and figure out how to do that. I'm a World War II buff, uh, so I I got two war stories. Uh, that I've started somewhat, uh, novels, of course. And then my security guard work, uh, I became aware of a murder story from the security guard work, and I'd like to uh, you know, make a, a novel about that also. And Bruce, what do you hope your readers take away from your book? I'd like the truthful story of the Clackwood come out a bit about us, uh, what we went through four months and uh, several years of changes and then finally got terminated. Um, I know there's a lot of movies and presentations on Facebook about tree falling from uh, mostly Americans, I guess, but we had it a little bit differently in uh, Canada. Mm -hmm. And also for people see the other side as well. You know, we had people sitting in trees in areas where we were working, so you had to remove them. Yeah. But the, the actual fisticuff violence, uh, we may have thought about that, but didn't get that far. Too many, too many cameras around. We we knew that wouldn't 
Rose, for our listeners, where can they find your book and find you online? My f- Gmail is uh, bornage at gmail.com. The book is in most uh, suppliers, uh, bookstores, Amazon, Indigo, uh, Barnes & Noble. Bruce, it was a pleasure, such a pleasure to meet and talk with you today. Thank you very much. And like I said, you've got a very interesting uh, format for delivery of the interviews. So Thank you. And I love driving to another country and cities. <laughs> you take care of yourself and stay warm. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.